And we're live. <laughs> live right now, but not live when, when you're, you're listening. listening to it. <laughs> it's going to be pre-recorded. So I think sometimes we have so many things that we would love to talk about and so many things that we'd love to share and so many things that we've learned about and that we've experienced and stories and experiences and knowledge that sometimes it just kind of becomes a little bit overwhelming. Mm -hmm. But we're recording podcasts. So what do you do when you're not sure what you want to talk about on your podcast? Not because you don't have enough stuff, but you have too much stuff. You... Shoot from the hip, baby. Shoot from the, shoot from the hip. <laughs> Welcome to the Dear Life I'm In podcast. My name is Lou Crenshaw. And I am Chantel Dayton. We are glad that you're with us um, listening to uh, episode, what is this, nine? Nine, is, yeah, maybe. episode yeah. nine. Yeah. We had decided after the last podcast that we had our next topic, but I was like, I'm, I don't. I'm not, I'm not there yet mm-hmm. or not necessarily there yet. Just like, I'm not sure I have enough for an, like an hour long conversation. I mean, I'm sure that I do, but we were like, let's do one about being single ladies and all that kind of stuff. But I was like, let's just shoot the breeze today and see what comes out Yeah, and see what, where the podcast and ends up going. Yeah. Which I absolutely love. Cause I, I was just actually thinking about, um, about what, what even you know, like we don't have the name of of the podcast until it's until we start talking, and then we're like, oh yeah, yeah that's it. Mm-hmm. And even like what this would what this would look like, because I think it's so funny how you and I we work together, and people are just like, oh my gosh, you guys are like so fun and so and like you guys have such a great friendship, and I really want to know like what what you guys talk about. Like, I think there's, do you remember that one time we had, um, we had a, a, a gathering at uh, our house because we're roommates. Yes. And um, one of the ladies comes in. Yes, you heard that right, folks. Business partners, best friends, and roommates. We still own a business and we're still best friends. <laughs> and the house has not burned down. Uh, no, it hasn't. <laughs> and neither has the friendship or the business. Or the business. Yeah. Whew, five and years in. She, um, she comes in and she says, uh, can I look in your fridge? Oh, yeah. Do you remember this? Yeah, totally. Because, you know, we, those of you that, uh, that know us know that we, we obviously, we have a gym yeah. and um, we run a, a women's program. It's now four weeks. It used to be six weeks. We've condensed some things, extended some, some We have a week-long and, intensive. Yeah, we have a week-long intensive. And, um, and so we meet a group of ladies and, and of, you know, 40 ladies at a time and we, some of them we know, um, and some of them they have, you know, they've worked out with us in the past in previous programs. And but then it's 
it's so funny to then have groups of women who we like get to it's it's like this uh this surge of like friendship relationship like that just happens in this this six week or four week period at this point in time it was six weeks and so we then invite them into our home and we have uh, a, a gathering, party. a party, we eat, um, we drink, we socialize, we share, uh, you know, so struggles stories, and victories. Yeah. yeah. So it's so great. And Everybody then, brings their favorite dish, which uh-huh. is awesome. The table is covered with so many amazing, mostly not healthy foods, but it's yeah. so fun for the night. And the assumption, I think, when people... <laughs> we always eat healthy. <laughs> I know. When people see us and they see that we're fit and that we Sometimes. are we're trainers, <laughs> yeah, and 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 so they assume that because we're doing what we're doing that we eat just spotless, and so people have this crazy wonder and um, and that we have a successful business, and they just assume that we just never argue, <laughs> and and so the first thing this lady says is, "Can I look in your fridge?" <laughs> I remember that I was like. Sure, yeah, and so she looks to. and she looks and she was almost like, I'm like, I wonder what she was expecting to find. Yeah, what she thought she would find in the fridge. Yeah. Yeah. Like, does even... she think it would be that disorganized <laughs> yeah. or that, I mean, it's not that disorganized, you know, but there's things everywhere. And we, we share, you know, like you buy groceries once and then I'll buy groceries or we're split groceries. It's not like I have my name on all my food that's like, this is lose, don't eat. <laughs> Because then I would for sure just eat it. <laughs> yeah. And let's be honest, you guys. If Chantal was not my roommate, I would eat way less food than I do because I am, I do not, I forget to eat. I don't think about eating. And Chantel, it's like 11 o'clock and she's already talking about what she wants to eat for dinner. And uh, so you'd have all the food and I would have like no food. <laughs> Can I just say, I don't even know how that even is possible. Like not thinking about food in, in a way where I don't always think about, I'm not always hungry, you know, so I'm not always thinking about eating food all the time, but I, think I'm I only thinking, think about food when I am hungry. Yeah. I, I love to, or because I would, I, I mean, let's, let's be real. I want to make sure that when I'm hungry, I know what I'm going to eat. It's yeah. Because when I am hungry and if I don't know, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to like watch out. Watch out, pantry, all the snacks are gone. No, but that's probably half my my problem. Mm-hmm. But I will say, being your being your roommate, I have definitely, um, over the last few years, probably even in just like the last year or so, not even, maybe six months, I think it's when I realized that I was no longer an eight on the Enneagram and I realized I was a three and I started exploring the three and not even to my conscious decision making did I decide that I wanted to start cooking more or Mm -hmm. learning to cook or I enjoyed going to the grocery store. I never enjoyed going to the grocery store. It was like literally a byproduct. I have no idea what happened. So if anybody is like an Enneagram expert and they could be like, well, this is what happened Mm -hmm. and that's why you started wanting to do that. That's so interesting. Yeah. Um, Please email us. Hello at (laughs) dropjim.com. Tell me, please. Because it was so fascinating. Yeah. Um, because I had never I wanted. That. Yeah. I remember that time because I do think, you know, and, and you were, you're good at like making things or like looking things fried up. Fried eggs. Yeah. Fried <laughs> eggs and like killer salads with just like all the things in them. Like Although you, yesterday something happened with that pan and I yeah, mutilated killed a lot of eggs and, not, and not killed them in a good way. They were. No. I mean, yeah, I used coconut literally... oil and butter. I used butter. That didn't work. I used coconut oil. That didn't work. I mean, it was yeah. just. 
Maybe a little bit. Wolf, Wolfgang Puck says use a little bit of butter, but then also use a little bit of olive oil. Yeah, but then if you, the olive but oil gets think too that hot, then it just gets really yucky. I don't even think that would have mattered. No, like, I, don't I don't know, know what, what happened was happening. yesterday. Yeah, something. It was a. It was a bad. It was a bad day. It's a bad day. There's people right now that are like, "This is what happened." They're like talking to their. I know. They're I talking know, to their I know. stereo. Was it too right hot? Now. Was it too? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But there was definitely a time. I think you know. As as your friend, we were on a we were on a trip. We were in Portland for something, and we ate at at a restaurant. Um, and there was a sign on the wall, and it was Julia Child, oh, and yeah. it said, um, "What did it say? It said something like, um, so, something to to the extent of like, you're in the kitchen. Who the hell cares if you make a mistake? Like, yeah. you just you know, you just keep going. Yeah. And um, there's something about their being mistakes to be made in the kitchen or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and that it was it was good. And, you know, I don't necessarily, like, think of myself as, like, a good cook or, like, a chef. You know, I know certain things about, you know, temperatures of things and, and um, how to make things maybe taste a little bit better here and there. Um, but I I just feel like there is – there's a part of me that just loves – like just figuring out like what the ingredients that we have or the ingredients that are in the fridge, in my fridge, and just making something from it. You yeah. know, like I love that. I love saying like, okay, I these flavors, I wonder if these flavors go together, you know? And and I, I think about the like the crazy things that you you wouldn't think of. Like the first time I ever had like a, a peanut butter and pickle sandwich. I don't know if you guys have ever had that. I peanut have never butter. had a peanut butter and pickle sandwich. Oh my gosh, we're totally having that today. <laughs> <laughs> there are pickles in the fridge. There are pickles there in the fridge, are... but they it has to be sweet pickles. Oh. Sweet pickles, which is unusual, and a peanut butter. Uh, yeah, sweet pickle and peanut butter sandwich. And it is like... Okay, so if it's not a dill pickle, that makes way more sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it it's, it's delicious. But anyway, so like flavors like that, like just being curious and, and then just being willing to try. Um, I just love, I absolutely love that. And so like food for me has always been... Um, it's always been really fun, and I love it when people love to cook. Mm. Um, I love talking about food. I love sharing food with people, and so it's always been such. Um, yeah. I, I just I love that you like that you like to experiment now in the kitchen a little bit. Yeah, a it little bit more. Fun. Yeah, but yeah. I think sometimes we get. Um, I just I just actually posted this um, on our Instagram, which is the the picture of what our podcast setup looks like right now mm-hmm. um, because with the stay home we haven't been able to meet with our podcast guy who's got like all the good stuff like Cody's got the stuff he's got the he's, hookup he's listening yep. he's watching the computer he's seeing if we're talking too loud if I need to take the microphone away from my face and then we're like but what you know a, a month ago like well it's time for a podcast so we had some old like a five-year-old recorder and a five-year-old old cheap uh microphone and then we just kind of hung it on a tripod but um i had been talking about this a couple for a couple weeks or the last couple weeks with some clients of that that the sometimes like things needing to be perfect or just right or we need to learn and know about it and we need to fully understand it and have all the knowledge and gain all of the (coughs) excuse me the information in order for us to then move forward Mm -hmm is so often my need for perfection is out of a place of protection, mm-hmm. right? Because if I um, am living my life protected from anything that is a mistake or it's not right, you know, I mean, we talked about this on our on our 
a podcast about perfection. I think it's maybe like the second one, yeah, or third one, or something early, like that. Yeah, earlier on. Yeah. yeah. So check that one out. That's like way more in depth. But the for me, I think I don't think anybody really likes to feel stupid or inferior. No. And, you know yeah. the the fear that that comes with so many with so many new things. I think has a lot of different voices. I think it can feel. Um, it can feel a lot of different ways, but we don't necessarily like hear it as fear, you know? Like I didn't step into the kitchen thinking, gosh, I'm really afraid to make a mistake. Yeah. But you do, you get into a situation where you're, you're wanting to make something new, but I, I'm, I ultimately, I know I'm just afraid of making a mistake because I I don't know what I'm doing Yeah, and I don't want to, I don't want to mess it up. And so we, we end up getting into those, um, you know, those areas of life where maybe we just fully stay away from them because there's a risk of failing or falling or, you know, making a mistake. And we don't want to do that. So then mm-hmm. we just kind of stay away from whatever that is, whether it's painting or drawing or learning a new language or, you know, exercising or eating well or cooking or mm-hmm. sculpting or, yeah, I mean, whatever, whatever that is, working on a car. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's definitely things that n- none of us probably, I don't, I don't ever want to learn how to work on a car, but I might want to learn how to paint. But if I yeah. don't know what I'm doing, I might just wait until I get all of my information. And then once I get all the information and knowledge, then maybe I'll decide that I'm going to try that thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Do you, um, if you could guess, Lou, if you could guess, um, what would you say uh, is different now? Like if, if you could just guess, like in... Is it you feeling, do you feel safe enough to just try? Do you feel curious? Is there like, uh, do you just wonder or? Yeah, I think um, it's not because I've gained more information and knowledge. (laughs) It's definitely not because I've been like watching cooking shows and, you know. uh, It's not like you, you like, um. Because you haven't. I mean, obviously, being no. around you often, it's not like you studied so then you were prepared for, yeah, like, no. whatever the kitchen was going to throw at you, yeah. you know? Or dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. <laughs> yeah. like, and it was, you You just, there's something, something, you know, obviously, something shifted yeah. somewhere. Yeah. And so if, if you could, like, even just, you know, like walk your way through that, like maybe just even like giving people uh, kind of just little threads maybe that they could follow if they are curious or like yeah. afraid of, yeah. of making a mistake like you were saying, like yeah. in the kitchen or someplace else. Um, I think the the more and more that we connect with our bodies, the more and more that we connect with our emotions, the more and more we connect with who we are and mm-hmm. our like our identity, our original design, the the places of us that – um, have been there all along, but they might have just gotten pushed away or have been wounded so badly that they they haven't come out to play for a while. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think there was probably something ab- about feeling, stepping, realizing like, oh my gosh, I might be a three, um, that even reading about it and going, oh my goodness. Three like, on the Enneagram. Yes, yeah, I'm three on the Enneagram. Yeah. Like realizing like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And almost feeling um, more understood. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like when we feel understood, um, we feel seen. And when we feel understood and seen, we feel safer. And when we feel safe, then creativity abounds. It tends mm-hmm. to abound. Right. And, and when I say creativity, I'm not just meaning, because I think sometimes in culture, we think about a creative person as somebody that can 
either uh, draw, write, or um, paint pictures. Or sing. Or sing. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. has to be like very, very artistic. Yeah. Um, where I think being a human is to be creative. You mm-hmm. know, the, the woodworker or the computer technology guy or the, you know, interior designer or the landscaper or... Um, uh, the inventor or the, you know, the, the, the gym owner that loves to program or create beautiful spaces or, you know, I, I think we, um, sometimes when somebody's like, oh, I'm not creative, but you're like, but you are, it mm-hmm. just might look different. You might, your creativity might just come in a different form. It doesn't look like scrapbooking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I used to, I used to do some scrapbooking in my days. I've got some like boxes of stuff. It wasn't really scrapbooking. It was more like making cards and stuff, yeah. which was so fun and covering journals. But yeah, I think, I, I think there's like the creativity and, and crafty. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, people just assume that if, yeah. you know, I'm just not crafty. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that, um, yeah. Yeah, totally. I'm like thinking of stamps and, mm-hmm. you know. That was like back my, shoot, you remember like the embossed stamps? Yeah, like yeah. you got the special ink that then you put on the card and then you'd heat it up with the heat gun yeah. and it would like emboss. Uh-huh. Oh man, I was totally down with that. Oh, were you? Okay. Oh yeah, my yeah. mom and I and my grandma oh, yeah. used to make. When I think of crafting, I think of like glue guns and, oh yeah, you know, yeah, hot glue things. guns. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had Puppy a very. paint sweatshirts. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I had a very crafty family. My okay, family was yeah. super crafty. Your mom is still very crafty. Oh, she's yeah. so crafty. Yeah. Yeah. So is my grandma. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think the more that we understand our, like who we innately are, mm-hmm. I think that creativity naturally just sort of bubbles up in whatever manner that is. Um, but I think that with creativity comes, like you were saying, curiosity and wonder and possibility and mm-hmm. all of those things that come with feeling like you have an imagination. I wasn't a child that I didn't have imaginary friends. I didn't play imaginary games. Like I did the things that were right in front of me, mm. you know? And so I don't think that I was an adult who thought, and you and I have had many a conversations because you, um, Chantel, are filled with all sorts of wonder. Like, do you ever wonder about this? Do you ever wonder what about that? And I'm always like, gosh, no, what's wrong with me? <laughs> I don't ever wonder. <laughs> um, but I think too, like that, is I'm, I'm a firstborn and I function very much like a firstborn and you're pretty much like a baby. And so you, you function like a baby. Totally. Um, and, uh, not like a baby, but you know, the baby of the baby of the family, even though your brother is more of a baby, but he's so far behind that you naturally are. Yeah. 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 Um, which was kind of hard to swallow when I first found that out. I was like, (laughs) I, you know, but it makes so many, I was like, I'm not the baby. I'm like in the middle, you know, I've got two older brothers and one younger brother and I don't have any sisters. And so I, yeah, I totally thought it does. It makes more sense. Cause I, I was like, my, my brother's the baby, you know, and the baby's the spoiled one and the baby's this and the baby's that. Well, I was like, the youngest out of the first three, and then there was you know seven while. years for a long time, <laughs> yep. and then I'm the only girl. Yeah. So I was I was spoiled to no end. Yeah. Yeah. I still am. Yeah. 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 Oh man. So I do I do think that there's a, a great thing that happens when we start to realize innately who we. Who were you before you did anything wrong? Yeah. Who were you before anybody hurt you? Who were you before um, anything in you got tainted? Because that there is that reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
what what are those things? Yeah, you know. And so being able to, I think, the more we learn about ourselves, and the more that we um, that we realize, like, oh, that's not me. That's that's how I cope. Like, oh, that's not me. I'm just trying not to feel something. Or like, oh, I don't actually have to behave. Like, that's not a part of my personality. Mm-hmm. That's just a defense mechanism. And that's mm-hmm. how I put my walls up. And here's how I protect myself. And you yeah. know, all of those yeah. things. So when we start to realize. Um, you know, that true vulnerability is, you know, and I know that's such a buzzword, but I think, uh, like I really started to learn about vulnerability like 10 years ago, um, in this just really cool story about, you know, my life. But, um, vulnerability was this, the starting of this crazy journey that has unfolded over the last 10 years. But, um, the, before, you know, Brene Brown came out and was talking Mm -hmm. about vulnerability, it was, when we do really step into um, pulling back the layers and starting to see ourselves for truly who we are mm-hmm. um, and accepting that and then leaving behind the things that aren't really helping us out at all and aren't helping the world mm-hmm. um, and that are keeping us separated from people, I don't think that you can't have creativity rise up inside of you, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I just don't think there's there's any other way because we're we're far too intricate of of beings to to not know that there's like such yeah. magic inside of us totally and yeah. I, even as you as you're talking I was I was just thinking about how you know because you really you think about what keeps us from trying things yeah trying new things you know and you wonder about things or you're curious about things but then there's almost like the conversation that you start having with yourself that is like that you know, and I, I actually, I wrote this down the other day because I was listening to somebody talk and I was like, oh my gosh, this is totally what this is. But, um, it's like fear, like fear starts the conversation with you. Like it starts, fear starts a conversation, but then you get to control the conversation, you know, but sometimes we forget that we get to, that we actually have control of the conversation. Um, but And so you look at trying something new and being creative or even going into the kitchen and even referencing what you're even saying where it's like, I was afraid of making a mistake or not doing it right. Or, um, you know, in my case, it would be like wasting food, you know, like I'd be like, oh, like I'm, you know, make, make a mistake and then I waste the food and then I have to like restart or I burn it, you know? And, and so it being a mistake, but then, then what is the byproduct of that mistake? And for me, it was like, planning it all the way out in like I would burn it or undercook or over you know like all these things but if I like undercook or people it, don't like the taste of or it. people don't like the taste yeah I think that's the hardest part for me is like it's this is gross that's gonna be a really big bummer and they're gonna definitely like because nobody wants to eat bad tasting food no no they definitely don't and and so like even as you're as you were talking I was like I you look at that and you're like, okay, the fear, the fear is keeping you from that. But then the more, like even you're saying, the more that you know who you are, the more willing you are to try something and make a mistake and have it, because it doesn't have anything to do with who you are as a person. Yes. You know, it doesn't affect your, your value or your worth, whether or not you make a mistake. And so it, it reminds me of this, um, this book that I read, uh, couple years ago and it was talking about humility and it being something um it really opened my eyes to what humility really was and it confused me which I love books like that I love books that like offend me a little bit you know um because it does something where I'm like oh there's something here like what's here 
And it was basically saying that like humility is the ability to, um, or the place that you come when you no longer attach yourself to your failures and to your victories. Mm. And so I agreed with the failures, but I didn't agree with the victories. Mm-hmm. I was like, why wouldn't you want to claim your victories? You know, why wouldn't they be, because they're a testament to your hard work and they're a testament to, you know, your, uh, you know, the hours that you put in. They're a testament to, to something, to your accomplishment, you know, like that's your victory. But then if you, if you give the attention of, to the victory, if you give that attention and those things are, are true, then so would be if you fail. You know, your failures are a testament to your lack. Your failures are a testament to, um, you know, you not having something or not being, being worth or up to par or having enough. And so I was like, whoa. So during that time, and I still struggle with it often, you know, where I do want to attach myself to a victory so that I'm like, wow, like I feel really good about myself right now. And then... But yet finding that fine line of, wow, I can still be humble, still feel good, but it doesn't, it doesn't determine my worth. And you learn something from it. Yeah. You learn something from the, the, the victory. You learn something from the failure and then you take it and you move on with it instead Mm -hmm. of like putting your stake in the ground and being like, this is how I'm going to be identified. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And so the more I think that we even enter into that space of even like being humble because we know who we are, you know, we don't have to prove, we don't have to prove by, by not trying to cook so that we don't make a mistake, (laughs) you know, we don't have to prove by cooking and, and making sure that we do everything right. So then that way, you know, it's, it's another, uh, you know, it's another stamp on the card of like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm right. I'm okay. I, I'm doing well. Um, and I'm valuable, you know, I'm worth something where it could be, it's, it's more, it's, it's much more fun that way because then it's like an adventure, you know, then you go into it learning. Yeah. From your mistakes, from your feel, oh, that pan was way too hot. Or, <laughs> Let's not do oh, that again. <laughs> yeah, like I undercooked that massively. That needs to go back on the grill, yes. and then it turns into it's mooing still. <laughs> I know. Where's the cattle guard? Yeah, yeah. it it really does. Um, it it does have. There's so many things in life where if we really look and we sort, you know, we've talked about this a little bit before, where we like sort ourselves out. And we find like, okay, like we know who we are. It really does change so much around us because then we're so much more willing to try new things. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think we're so, um, we're so, like you just said, we're so attached. Like, you know, everyone that's listening right now, you know all the things that you're bad at and all the things that you can't do. I'm not bad at anything. (laughs) <laughs> I'm really humble too, by the way. <laughs> That's Chantel talking, everyone. Just so you know. <laughs> She's the kidding. arrogant one. I'm just kidding. I know. <laughs> but I think we're, we just are, I'm wrong often and I fail often. <laughs> I, I don't think that we, because if you look up humility in the dictionary, it literally sounds terrible mm-hmm. it's like don't think of yourself think very little of yourself and um i don't i don't think that was ever necessarily 
that. It was like, let's not elevate ourselves above everyone else and mm-hmm. think of ourselves as better than everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was like, well, if I do know the things that I'm good at, then I'm just arrogant. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, great. So then how are any of us going to do great things in the world if we are not connected to the things that we're great at? We're only connected to the things that we're bad at. Yeah. And then we don't want to make mistakes because we're afraid of making mistakes. So then we're not actually trying to get better. We're still focusing on our weaknesses and definitely just thinking that we're like problems that need to be fixed. Mm -hmm. You know, when like your heart is not a problem that is needed to be fixed. Mm -hmm. Like your pain is not a problem that needs to be fixed. They're things that need attention and healing, Mm -hmm. but they're not, you're not broken and you need to be fixed. Yeah. But we're just so aware of what you can't do of like all the things that you're, that you're bad at it's like but what like what what can you do mm-hmm. what are you good at yeah. what um but we don't go there first we go to all the things that we can't do like i can't exercise because of this 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 and this and this mm-hmm. i can't eat well because of this 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 and this mm-hmm. but why could you exercise mm-hmm. why could you eat really good food mm-hmm. yeah why could you create balance in your life instead of why couldn't you Mm -hmm. like why can you have awesome relationships with the people in your life why could you chase your dreams instead of why can't you Mm -hmm. and why are all of your relationships bad yeah yeah that's so good because i you which can i just say something yeah which most of the reasons of why you can't and why you don't have certain things is it probably you're not necessarily focusing on like things that are logical they're usually just a lot of excuses or there's a lot of blame in you know the other areas Mm -hmm. yeah and don't you feel like what you were saying before it it has a little bit to do with even the the you know like us wanting to do it perfectly and so we have this idea of what working out would look like and if we can't (laughs) do that then we're I not going to do it. gracefully. Yeah. It's yeah. never hard. Yeah. I'm or, definitely not sore. Or, you know, you have time one day a week, and but in reality, you're like, well, if I'm going to make it worth it, I'm, I'm going to need to make sure that I do it three times. And if I can't do it three times, then I'm not going to do it at all. Yeah. Or, you know, I, um, you know, it happens with food too. We do the same thing with food. Yeah. And, and so it's so funny, the things that even how you're, what you're saying, like, how could you, like, what can you do? Yeah. You know, like not all the things that you can't do because the things that you can't do probably have something to do with like you doing it a certain way yeah. and you can't do that. Yeah. But if you look at what you can do, because what, what happens sometimes if we look at what we can do and then we actually make time for it and we do it, then it it brings awareness to the things, the other things that we're actually putting in front of those things and making those other things a priority. Yeah. When you put them into the same, into the, into the same mix, you know, as long as if you keep them out of the mix, then you can't tell that there's a difference, Yeah. you know? Um, and so, but when you put them in the mix, then you realize like, okay, I'm actually making this a priority and I'm making it an excuse. I'm excusing myself from actually taking care of myself for this. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it like it's like it's like an ebb and flow. It, it like it comes and goes, yeah. you know, with everybody. Like, yeah. you know, if you know, we're with working out, with eating well, with spending time by yourself, with um, you know, like the journaling, sleeping well, the cold, all the things that you can talk about that like will benefit you yeah. and your body and your system. And 
And yet we still sometimes will make an excuse as to why we just can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it doesn't look the way we want it to look. Mm-hmm. Which is so not reality. No. Like, stop it. Yeah. For everything to go your way and for you not to have to struggle. Like, it's not reality. <laughs> like, it's just not. Success does not come without struggle and without risk. Like, we're a bunch of freaking sallies in our culture that if anything does not go according to plan or it's a little bit hard, we don't want anything to do with it. Yeah. And then we just want to whine about it. It's so true. Like, stop it. Stop it. Stop it right now. I love it when you say that. (laughs) Then you just think of Paul Newhart. I do. If you haven't. Yeah. Is that what his name is? Yeah. I think it's Newhart. Yeah. Bob Newhart. Bob Newhart. I was like, Bob Newhart. Paul. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Watch it. Uh, It's Paul, no, Bob, Bob Newhart, Bob, Bob Newhart. on uh, Saturday Night Live, like in the 80s oh or something. Gosh, and and it's just therapist. called Stop It. And it's hilarious. It's so I feel like I'm being buried in a box. Well, you're not. So stop it. <laughs> stop thinking like that. <laughs> you should watch it. It's yeah, really it good. Is. It's very good. Yeah. yeah. But sometimes it is just, it is not as complicated as we want to make no. it. It's just really not. It's it's extremely simple. It's just not easy. Yeah. And we just want easy. Easy yeah. button. Yeah. It's so true. But it's so true. Sorry. It comes down to so many like basic things. I mean, honestly, if you look at even, you know, we, we did a podcast on discipline. Yeah. And really, if you look at the words stop it, the <laughs> words stop it are you're being told what to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you are, you're being told what to do because you need to be told what to do in that moment. If yeah something is spiraling out of control. And so, so often as adults, we get, we do, we, we, as young kids, we grow up and now we're just big kids with money, right? We are, we're big kids with money because we know that once we leave the house, we are going to do all the things that I wasn't allowed to do. Mm -hmm. Right. And so there's like this little bit of rebellion. So then when you move out, you eat all the crappy food, you stay up really late, you drink too much, you eat too much, you, um, you go and it, so there's, there's things that you do that you indulge. And then you realize like, even as you get older, you know, in your mid twenties, late twenties, mid thirties, forties, fifties, you've like developed these habits that have never stopped because the discipline is not there. Yeah. You know, the discipline isn't developed. And so somebody actually saying to somebody who's spiraling out of control, you know, and they do need somebody just to say, stop it. Yeah. Like, stop it. You yeah. know, it's not, you just, it, there's not, but we want some really complicated, complex uh, equation to make us like understand why we're behaving the way that we do when sometimes you just need to stop doing it. Yeah. There are other things, no doubt, like traumas and things that, that we can look at that, that will direct behavior and addictive behavior, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, food and exercise and all these things that you could go to therapy and you could walk yourself through and get some great healing, which is really good. And we believe in that. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there is, it's not always that way. Sometimes it is, you just need to knock it off. You need to get on the bike and you need to sprint for 60 seconds and find out about yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's so so true. Because we don't, we love to tell people what to do. We don't like people telling us what to do. Mm -hmm. Like you just look at social media and the amount of like, especially right now, I can't even, I mean, I get pulled into like reading stuff. I am not one to like type a whole bunch of stuff because 
there's enough bossy ass people in the world giving their opinion where it's just like, stop, mm-hmm. like quit it, mm-hmm. like quit trolling and finding every place that you can disagree mm-hmm. or only finding the places where you can agree. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? Then you're literally living just trying to find everybody that wants to mm-hmm. agree with you and then getting pissed at everybody that disagrees with you. Yeah. Totally. And then we don't totally. know how to have a conversation that is conflicting anymore because we just want everybody to agree with us, which mm-hmm. that is not, that's not what that is. Mm-hmm. Like your truth is not necessarily truth. It's your perspective. Mm-hmm. It's your opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not necessarily someone else's. Yeah. And that has to be okay because it would be super boring if everybody in the world was just like you. Yeah. Or just like me. It's very true. Like there's not, that's not even... That's not even We wouldn't get anything done. We'd just laugh at ourselves if everybody was like me. (laughs) That's true. We wouldn't get very many things done and We wouldn't get we wouldn't get a whole lot done and um but we would we would eat a lot of food and laugh. And everybody would have a lot of puppies. Yep, a lot of puppies. There'd be puppies, lots of food. I mean, that actually kind of sounds great. But there would not be a lot of things that got done. No, no. That's why people like me need people like you. (laughs) And that's why people like you need people like me. True story. It's very true. There's the balance. And it is, it's like that. Although I do enjoy food and puppies. You do. And And I do. And I do get things done. I'm just really good at getting things done. You are. Yeah. 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 Adaptable and, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's, it is really, um, yeah. You look at what, at what is, what is communication and what is um, conflict and what is confrontation and what is opinion nowadays? And it's yeah. so. Um, I do believe that there is such a there's such a powerful connection in in confrontation that goes unnoticed. And I I think that the um, you know you talking about vulnerability even in the beginning where it it does take vulnerability to honestly. Um, disagree with someone and and not even just disagree but just have have a conflicting opinion and because if we really are if you and I don't agree on something and we have a conversation about it like it's easier for me to just not have the conversation because I don't have to actually sift through really how I feel mm-hmm. and even knowing that if humans looked at other humans and cared enough about different cultures and different opinions and different religions and different different mindsets and you know different backgrounds and however offensive they may be, um, it really does connect us to one another. Like looking at and not in a way where it is like you have to agree with everyone and be like, okay, this is you know, me disagreeing with this person is going to connect us in such a lighthearted way. But no, it really does, you know, like if you and I were to disagree on something, which we do often, I find that sometimes it is easier, easier in a way just to ignore it and just to either go with the flow or leave the conversation be and not revisit it or really tell you how I feel. And then but in that, like I said, there is vulnerability in in expressing to you really how I feel and there still is vulnerability in then me waiting for a response from you. And, and you can feel that. And so the more connected we are to people, I believe that then we can have a conversation and I can actually listen to you mm-hmm. if I'm even able to be vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and if even I know who I am, 
I will have that courage because then maybe you have something or maybe you know something that I don't know yeah. that then makes me change my opinion. Yeah. And, and so that's going to take humility, yeah. you know? Well, and without conflict, we don't grow. Yeah, Like no. if we all just acted like each other, nobody would grow because there would be no challenge. There would be no, there would be nothing that we're bumping up against. We're, we're all just moving in the exact same direction, which is not necessarily how anyone's going to grow. Yeah. But if you think about it, like it's not, I mean, I don't necessarily remember in school, like being taught how like true conflict management works. No, never. 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 Like nobody talked in school about anger management or like how to have like good conflict, you know, Mm -hmm. because conflict isn't bad. Anger is not bad. It's the way that we manage it that's the Mm -hmm. issue. And we don't, you know, crisis isn't bad. We can still learn and grow. But what is, like, it's how we handle it that Mm -hmm. becomes the issue. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. It was never, things like that have never, and there's been discussions about this, you know, about it lacking in in schools. And the thing that, um, you know, because we really don't, we don't know how to disagree uh, well, and stay connected. Yeah. And the thing is, is that it's, it's so, it's scary because if I, if I actually choose to step in and disagree, you are another human with all of these different thoughts and tools and opinions and skills and knowledge. And me disagreeing with you is one thing. Me disagreeing with somebody else is a completely different thing because they also have, you know, they have different points of view. They have different. And so there's, the dialogue is different. Yeah. And so I think that's what scares us the most is it's not just a step one, two, three. You say this, they say this, and then you say this, and then they yeah. say that. It is it is a conversation, which is human connection, yeah. which is, and we just believe that connection is just in the fluffy times. Yeah. You know, it's just in the, the, the holding hands and, or just in the doing fun things together or... Yeah just in the, you know, the hugging one another and patting each other on the back or, you know, the high fives and the things that now probably won't be even legal after coronavirus. (laughs) But (laughs) I know, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But I think, I think that if we could see, so I, it's, it's like if you and I have a different, differing opinion, right? It's like we're in a boxing ring together and my goal is to just be right. My goal is to beat you down enough that you agree with me. Mm -hmm. But the problem with that is that trying to win arguments doesn't usually bring people onto your side. No. It just is like, this isn't going anywhere. Let's just stop talking. Mm -hmm. Right. But if we could look at conversations where we're disagreeing with each other of like, okay, you and I are standing side by side and I'm trying to get you to see something, you know, way off into the distance. And there's like boulders and trees and things that are in the way. And that my goal is you're actually standing beside me and I'm actually moving those things out of the way so that you could see what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And maybe you end up agreeing with it or not, but then it doesn't become you versus me, Mm -hmm. right? It doesn't, it doesn't come with like you on one side of the fence and me on the other. It's like, Hey, let's stand beside each other Mm -hmm. and then look at the same thing and let me move some things out of the way that maybe got moved out of the way for me. And you may or may not, you Mm -hmm. know, agree with that. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it could be cultural differences. It could be, um, you know, environmental or not environmental differences, um, like intellectual differences. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and then it could be just like the way that, 
we were raised mm-hmm. and the things that we believe and the ways that we've been hurt and mm-hmm. you know where where we've never seen anything like that before because we've never been shown yeah or it was like well I don't even want to look at it because the last person that looked at that with me like beat me over the head with it because they are just trying to be right mm-hmm. yeah I think that yeah it's it's so important to even just that picture that you know you just painted I feel like you know, like if you and I are staring at each other face to face and having this conversation and it being, I feel like it's so often like I am trying to convince you to come to this side to look at what I'm looking at. Yes. Like, just come over here. I just want you to see this, you know, like because I am, I'm excited, you know, whether it be like my belief or what I share or what I see or what I know, what and I have experience. experienced, yeah. you know, like just come over here and see this. Like, this is what it is. Like, it's so great. It's so life-giving. Like, come stand next to me. And they're yeah. like, no. Yeah. You, and and so I feel like when we really do have something to share and even going back to identity and when we know who we are, it could be, I could actually move to your side mm-hmm. and be, you know, like you're saying, like, I can be side by side with you and then I can then see what you're looking at and yeah. then you feel me standing next to you. Or what if there's not a side and we just come into the middle and then we yeah. turn, yeah. you know, instead of like mano y mano, it's mm-hmm. just like, let's both, like you could stay on your side and I could stay on my side and we just turn and look a different direction, but we're both looking in the same direction, having yeah. a conversation. Yeah, it's very, yeah. it's very, very, But very I think true. there's a lot of people that just don't know how to do it because they've never been taught. Like their brain doesn't... Mm-hmm do conflict well because their brain never learned how to do conflict Yeah, because they were never taught and their brain didn't like pick up how to do this Mm -hmm. or what it was modeled in their homes was not. It was volatile and it was, you know, explosive and Mm -hmm. conflict just meant somebody was leaving and slamming a door. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't being able to come to a conclusion or it was like conflict where nobody talked about anything Mm -hmm. and we all just, somebody constantly just was like it's fine yes I'll just do that Mm -hmm. and then it never nothing ever looked escalated there just was never a conversation because Mm -hmm. I think there's obviously a balance between explosion and passivity and in the middle is you know being able to have a conversation that is yeah and don't you feel like that's the assumption is that a good relationship, a healthy relationship, is one where there's no arguments, there's Heck no, no there's no conflict. There's, Heck no! But don't you don't you think that that's like the I- idea though? Is like I know that like you know I've obviously I've been married before, married and divorced, and we my my ex husband and I like we didn't argue hardly ever. Yeah. But then when it actually came down to when things got a little rough and we did start to argue, we didn't know what the heck to do. Yeah. About it. like it was just like wow like I. I just, you know, the, because you assume that when you, if you grow up in a household where there is conflict and there's healthy conflict and very unhealthy conflict, you know, and as a kid, you see your parents obviously argue and you want to make it better. And you assume that like, okay, I just need to, I just need to make sure that I pick the right person to marry. Um, you know, because I don't want, I don't want to be arguing like that, you know, when, when I'm married. And so, and so you just, you assume that if you pick the right person, that there won't be any conflict, that there won't be any, any disagreement or that's not, that's, or of any escalation of any, you know, um, of, uh, what was the word I'm I'm looking for? Like, um, like anything that's like significant, you know, like obviously like there could be disagreements, but as far as like anything that's like, you know, that takes longer than, than 15 minutes to resolve is like, is yeah. Or if it gets loud, um, I was going to say the temperature raises, the volume raises. Yeah. Both. <laughs> yeah, both. Um, and, and 
that that was always the assumption on my on my part where I did not grow up knowing how to have conflict in a healthy way and yeah. so um it's so bring back conflict management to schools yeah <laughs> yes for sure yeah. and to you know because people we we need to learn how to and even then if you have the management it still doesn't mean that it's not going to happen yeah you know yeah. like that's the part that i think you know even when we when we oh but I, yeah i'm definitely not saying that with management it's not going to happen i'm saying yeah. we'll know how to disagree well and be in conflict well which still doesn't mean nice yeah. and pretty and bows no no but if you look at all the movies that we watch like we the movie always has a happy ending like even thinking about marriage like every movie that you watch it's like the pursuit then there's like like a little snafu in the movie that you're waiting for the conflict where somebody's gonna leave and the other person's gonna need to go chase and then they get back together at the end of the movie but you never see like what happens after like the whole happily ever after right yeah, yeah. there's not usually the movies that are of of love stories where you're like oh yeah what does happen after Prince Charming comes yeah well it's gonna be great because it was great you know there was that little thing in the middle that you know usually somebody didn't tell the truth or you know the conflict that is in a story you know and so you look at it and you're like but that's what we saw those are Uh the things that we see we didn't necessarily see the aftermath of like oh wait this is what marriage really looks like Mm -hmm. you know and it's the the assumption that the the, that's why as little girls even like the, the dream of like a pursuit of like of a prince you know of like them coming and yeah. you're just you're so excited and yeah. and then they they come but it there really isn't anything that you see after that yeah. and and you don't see in the healthy marriages or even in the marriages that are continuing to grow that there is still a pursuit you yeah. know it's not just about like once the guy yeah. you know once he gets the yeah. girl and you know or once you're like gotten and yeah. you're like <laughs> yes I've been gotten now what do we do? You My know? sister sent me a meme a couple years back and she, it was a joke because, because I'm always like, okay, where is my Prince Charming? Where is he at? And she, she sent me this meme that says, uh, your Prince Charming is, uh, riding a turtle and he's, uh, he's lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think there was like another part where there's like another part and there was like another added thing that or he's maybe not like good at reading maps or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Not that he has to, you know, be the only one that comes and finds me, but <laughs> it was really, it was really funny. <laughs> yeah, That's great. he's riding a, he's riding a turtle and he's lost. Uh, I yeah. love it. Well, that was kind of like a fun conversation for yeah, just like shooting the breeze. Where are we gonna go? Yeah, this is kind of a, a conversation that you and I have conversations like this, not obviously nonstop for an hour long. (laughs) It used to be, um, you know, when we first became friends and we didn't actually like live together and, uh, you just talk for hours, watch drinking coffee, like, (laughs) and so now this is, um, you're in on a conversation. These are the kind of conversations that we, that we have. Uh, Yeah. You just kind of like little threads here and there. So totally. um, Yeah. So thanks for, if you're having coffee with us, thanks for having coffee with us. If you're driving and listening to us, um, thank you for, uh, for being in on the conversation. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Dear Life I'm In. Yeah. Um, If you would like to find, uh, if you'd like to, you can find us on, um, on Facebook at drop gym or just drop gym and then Instagram at uh, drop dot gym. 
Um, you can find Lou at Lucian Crenshaw on Facebook, uh, or sorry, yeah, on Facebook and on Instagram. Good grief, there's so many things to remember. And then me, um, Chantel.Dayton on Instagram, and then Chantel Dayton on Facebook. And you can visit our website at www.dropgym.com. Yes. See yes. you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.